Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Good morning, Meredith. I am so delighted to have you on our podcast this morning. I am excited to be here. Love this topic. Wonderful. I just want to give folks a little bit of an intro about your background and, and your expertise. Uh, we're talking today with Meredith Elliott Powell. She is a business keynote speaker and business growth expert. She was voted number one, or she was voted one of the top 15 business growth experts by Currency Fair. She's a master for she's a master certified strategist, executive coach, and certified speaking professional. She's written five books. Uh, one is entitled Winning in the Trust and Value Economy. Her newest book, which was just published recently, is called Own It, Refining, or excuse me, Redefining Responsibility, Stories of Power, Freedom, and Purpose. So, Meredith, delighted to have you on our, our podcast, Coaching for Potential, this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm, as I said, I'm excited to be here, and uh, what a great topic, Coaching for Potential. Absolutely, and I know you're, you, you, you coach all kinds of folks. You coach executives, things like that, but you were telling me a story about uh, working with a woman who was on probation, and uh, <laughs> tell me, I think that's just such a great coaching story. You know, How do you pull them out of the trash heap and say, you know, boom, uh, bring them to success? So tell me a little bit about that story, and I know you don't like taking people on probation, so uh, tell me a little bit about that, uh, the, the challenges for you personally and professionally, but how you led her through the process. Sure. Well, you know, I think for all of us who are coaches, it's, it's always a challenge when you get somebody who is on probation because we don't like coaching to be thought of as punishment because it's not. It's truly the opportunity to make a breakthrough um, professionally, personally, that are going to, you know, really impact your life. But I went ahead, and um, this was for a longtime client. They asked me to uh, to coach this young woman who was on probation. She had been hired in as a sales professional with a great track record as a sales professional, but um, she had finished the very bottom for more than a year in her um, in her company. Her results were just uh, not there. And they were doing everything that they needed to do from an HR perspective to make sure that when they let her go, they could say that they had dotted their I's and crossed their T's. And in fact, that was the conversation with me, is this was really nothing more than a formality before they let her go. Well, I agreed to have the conversation um, with her, and as I talk to her, um, you know, as coaches, we have so much experience in, in speaking with different individuals, and you get kind of a gut instinct as to whether there is potential with somebody, because whether somebody succeeds or not has nothing to do with us as the coach. I mean, we're laying the groundwork, and they're deciding whether they step through the door. And I thought to myself, there's, there's, she's got some roadblocks that we, that we can work with. So I called my client back, said I'd agreed to it if she would agree to it. And, um, you know, as a coach, the first thing I've got to do is establish trust and, um, and, and relationship with her. And, and after we did that, what I really found was that the reasons that she was failing were all valid reasons. I mean, she was correct. They hadn't trained her. She wasn't being coached um, and developed. Her uh, boss was far more of an accountability um, kind of taskmaster than he was anybody who really helped in her development. And she, while she was great at sales, she had transitioned from one industry to another, and there were definitely some things that she needed that the company should have provided for her. 
Um, but, you know, our role as a coach is to help you work in reality. And, um, and a lot of the process with her through questioning and understanding was to get her to separate being right from being successful. Um, and as we moved her from, um, from being right, because, again, she was valid. They, they had not given her the things that they promised her. But sticking to being right was just going to get her fired, whereas if we could figure out a way of working together that she could tap into her own resources to make her successful, for example, find the training, find the information, get the things that she needed to be, um, to do on her own. And in, in, uh, within a year, she not only didn't get fired, she finished top three in her company. Wow. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it was amazing. And that's what geeks me up, and I know that's what geeks you up. I, <laughs> I love coaching because I love, uh, you know, I, I told a CEO this one time, I said, uh, the geeked up feeling I get from helping people succeed is better than the paycheck, but I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to stop you from paying me, but uh, <laughs> it is truly one of the great benefits of it. But I think one of the important keys that you mentioned there, which is really critical for people to understand, is I think there's two types of managers. And you said that her manager was most more of a taskmaster, task-focused. And I see there's two types of managers in the world, one that are task-focused managers and one that are people-focused managers. Task-focused managers focus on getting the task done. People-focused managers focus on uh, we get people done through work. We don't get just work done through people. And and uh and taskmasters focus on we get task done or we get work done through people, but but people-focused managers get people done through work. And so do you see that also with organizations is sometimes they hire us for the, to, to fix the wrong person. In, in that example, don't you think that manager should have been given some of the skills so they could have been a better coach because they were so task-focused rather than helping her grow as an individual? What's, what's your observation on that that moment? I just think that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I think that, you know, I've heard you say so often, it's so much better that when you can go into an organization and you're not teaching an individual to coach, you're teaching an organization um, mm-hmm. to coach. And what I find is that um, if, we can, if we can, A, make the responsibility of coaching everybody's responsibility. So that means if I report to you, I take the responsibility that if I'm not getting what I need, I'm either going to go to you or other people in the organization to get the coaching that I need. And then as, and then as leaders, we see coaching as our responsibility to other people. But I feel like if you can pepper it throughout the organization. I wrote a blog, um, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago. Um, my poor mother would die if she saw the title. But I wrote, What to Do When Your Manager Sucks. And um, because that, <laughs> because that I, is so, but it is so true. Right, right, right. You, you can't. You, you got a manager. They're bad. You're dealt with it. Go from there. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. fire away on the blog. What, what was the premise <laughs> or the idea of it? I love. I love the, the the title of it. Well, because I always tell people, you are lucky in your life if you get two good leaders, two people that are truly mm. vest and care about your career. More often than not that's not going to be the situation that you're in. And you can't just leave your, your health in your career up to, up to whether you get luck of the draw and you get a good manager. And, and so it's basically, I believe that coaching isn't necessarily something you wait to be given to you. Um, it's something that you need to ask for. And sometimes you get it directly from the person that you report to. But in that situation where she wasn't going to be um, – given those skills, what we did was, was work with her to work her network to get what she needed to get. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important key is is ask folks. Uh, I got fired early on in the speaking business. I worked for a seminar company, and I didn't sell in the back of the room well, and they fired me. I went to the next one, and I said, I'm not going to get fired again. So I went to that uh, company, went to the sales manager, and he was really transformational in my career. And I said, who are the top ten salespeople? Give me their phone numbers. I literally wore them out. And within one year, uh, just like this young lady, went from the bottom of the stack to the top of the stack on the yeah. computer side of the equation. And it was because all of these people helped mentor me. Um, I had failed before, and I couldn't do it. I had three kids one of the way, I had to have a living, I had to make this, I was going to fail. And, and that's what we were talking about there, is taking ownership and then doing those things that you need to do in order to be successful. Exactly, yes. You have to, you've got to take responsibility for that. And so often, you know, you just get a leader. You know, how many, how many leaders do we know that have been promoted because they were good at their job? They weren't promoted because they were great at developing people. And so there's a good chance you're going to get one of those people. But we can't be linear when we think about coaching. We have to look at everybody around us, whether they're within the company or outside. But if you're lacking skills to be successful, stop focusing on what your boss should have given you. If you can get it from them, ask for it. If you can't, find another avenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, take on the responsibility of education yourself. Um, there was a, a wonderful woman I, that I was working for a client one time, and uh, I was working next to her, and she was just an absolutely great salesperson, and she was just so good at what she did. And so I went around the corner, and I said, how did you get so good? And she goes, well, I just, you know, I didn't get the training, so I just started buying, in those days, audio cassettes, and I listened to them back and forth to work. And, and I, I was just absolutely amazed at her skill sets. It's a whole long story, but... She And I said, what drove you to do this? And it was almost frightening what she said. She said, what drove me to do this is if they had to downsize, I wanted to be so valuable that I was the last to leave. So she had this, you know, avoiding loss mindset rather than trying to gain, you know, trying to keep a job or or success. She didn't want, she wanted to be in a position where she didn't get fired. She wanted to stay right where she was at. She stayed there for her entire career. But she wanted to be so good at it, but she was so incredibly good at it that when I worked in a cubicle and on project for this client uh, for about three months, I could overhear her conversations, and I was amazed at how skilled she was. And, and that's really what you're talking about here is taking responsibility, just like in the third section of the book, own it, take responsibility for your life, engage yeah. yourself. How can you take responsibility and act so you can help them uh, grow and proceed? But but I, I loved your comment earlier, and I want you to delve in this a little bit deeper. You know, how many managers you've seen be promoted because they uh, they do a good job, compared to how many managers they get promoted because they develop people? Talk about that concept. I guess it's an incredibly powerful concept, and I just like how you said it so naturally. Like it's just a, you should everyone should know that. But I've never seen anybody <laughs> say it so casually, but yet make such a profound statement. So give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I, I see that um, business is just a little behind in what we say and what we do. I mean, you'll sit in most uh, boardrooms, and we're talking about the fact that our people are our most important asset, and it's, it's what we need more than anything. But when we look out and we look at promotions, we're still judging people on technical performance. Mm-hmm. I see most people get promoted because they have fulfilled a list of, they hit a sales goal, they, um, they decreased expenses by, by um, a certain amount, they brought projects in on time, you know, for an entire year. And very, very rarely do I see part of the criteria for advancement 
being um, a clear track record of training and developing people. And so you find yourself now in a role where your job is no longer to do the job. The role is to get 12 other people to do a bigger job even more effectively. That's a whole different set of skills. doesn't mean you can't do it. But if you weren't required to do it at in the job that you're in, so for example, when I work with companies, when we're lo- looking at promoting um, the very entry-level positions to their first level of leadership, one of the criteria is to definitely have excelled in your role. But you have to have a proven track record of developing other people on your team. Even though you're not responsible for that, you're not a leader. But before I can even consider you for leadership, you have to have shown me that you can develop other people. And then there's the next level of that is if I manage a level of, you know, five direct reports and now I'm being considered to lead an entire department where leaders report to me, I need to have shown that I can lead through others before you give me that role. You know, I just think it's amazing that we won't promote somebody in a sales position unless they prove they can sell. But we're happy to promote somebody to um, to a leadership position when they've never proven they can lead. That is a great statement, and you're right. People get promoted to technical skills, it's, and they don't have the skill set to. Then that next level requires leadership skills, and they've never developed those. And no, uh, and it's unfair. Right. And the other side of the coin is too, and I see this with organizations, and this is what really drives me in this business is because um, I I teach I coach organizations how to coach um, I do some executive coaching but my really focus is you know teaching the organization how to change the make it a coaching culture and this is what we are saying here is they get promoted and they don't have that skill set and they can't help the organization go forward right yeah uh, uh, incredibly incredibly uh, profound so this woman's now she's she's you completely turned around her career you helped her progress and to grow and uh, and uh, and so how's she doing today? Do you still touch base with her, or or kind of what's yeah. the what's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say? <laughs> well, we just dated ourselves because I know who Paul we did. Harvey we is. certainly did. We certainly did. <laughs> I, I dated myself. I won't say you dated yourself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, well, yeah, she actually requested to work with me um, for um, for another year. But you know, wow. you're going to love this because I, because I think what it is, um, she is doing, she's doing exceptionally well. She's leading a team um, now for the, for, uh, for the organization. But I would say that the biggest, um, the biggest shift for her as I, as I, you know, as I stay in touch with her, as I pretty much stay in touch with most of my clients, is it certainly had an impact on her career, but what it really had an impact on was her life, is that she really looked at the other areas of her life as to the places where she was playing victim and giving away the power rather than seizing it, um, which leads to unhappiness and stress and anxiety. So it was, you know, my feeling is yay for her career and yay for the company, that's um, that's fantastic, but um, as often is the uh, the issue is what is holding us back professionally is what is messing us up personally, and so it was really that um, that mindset shift that that made the Im- impact where she certainly is more successful, but what I take more pleasure from is she is a lot happier person. Mm. I had a client recently we were doing on a phone conference with a bunch of managers, and she shared a story about her son, uh, friend, he and her, her son, and, and she, 
you know, she shared with the entire group. She goes, for some reason, I never bonded with my son to the level I bonded with my other children. I'm not sure why, if it was my fault, his fault, whatever. But we never connected. And she said it was always a sense of friction. And she said by using the coaching skills, he had a problem with one of his mm-hmm. friends. And uh, by using the coaching skills, she would usually tell him, well, you know, do this or that. But she, she was sitting at the breakfast table. He was certainly, certainly distraught. She used the coaching model that she had learned. And, and she started to ask him questions, you know, about this. And ultimately what happened is his friend uh, was experiencing the Christmas season. And uh, his, his mother had died at a young age. His father had died from, from alcoholism. Um, he was living with an aunt who really, it was the last resort. She wasn't really excited about him being there. And what he discovered through the conversation by her asking him questions like what's going on in his life that maybe brought him to this point, he came to a realization as a 17-year-old that maybe the fact that he just, you know, was was resentful of the sound of Christmas because everybody around family and friends and all of this this joy, and he didn't feel that because, you know, life was not fair to him. And he decided to be a friend because of that. And, and she goes, if I hadn't learned the coaching model and to ask those questions, we would have never had that incredibly intimate moment. And that's what I find with coaching, too. You, what you're exactly saying is it doesn't just change careers. It changes lives. And that's what I love about this tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, would, I would definitely, definitely, um, yeah, definitely agree with that. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, we're talking about Paul, Paul Harvey. I'm old enough <laughs> that I was raised that when that was, that that um, that work and business were separate. You, they were very separate things. And I think what we find is today, and, and coaching definitely leads to that, is it isn't. I mean, the um, our, our work and our lives are very much um, very much blended together. And sometimes we have things going on in our personal lives that that impact how we're doing professionally. And often, when you can help people on either side, it has a very holistic effect on them. Yeah, and that's what geeks me up about this. I love, I love just seeing people transform. I love seeing people grow. I love seeing people go from a point of they're at the like how you helped her go from the bottom of the barrel uh, to being yeah. on top. And it was just because she had a mindset change. She changed her skill sets. She learned. She said, "How do I do this better?" And ta-da! And it wasn't because her manager coached her, which he ultimately should have, but how you coached her and how she learned how to manage herself more responsibly. I just think that's a great story. And uh, that's what I want people to get from this podcast is truly performance equals potential minus interference. And the interference that was keeping her back in her life was that resentment and that mindset. And once you were able to release that, you were able to release that interference, release the break that uh, that, that resentment was the break of her, you know, keeping the, it was the, the her foot was on the break of success. Uh, once you release that, that, that foot pedal of resentment away from that and she could then go forward, then she was driving towards success. And I just love that, that story. I just think that's a great, great story. So any closing thoughts with regards to coaching um, as our last thought before we wrap up? You know, I think that it's um, for anybody who is listening to this, if you sit on the leadership side, and I know you have a million things coming at you next year, I want you to think about this. If you drive, if um, Jack Walsh used to always, Jack Welch used to always say that a leader needed to focus on three things: um, cash flow, customer experience, and um, and coaching and developing employees. Well, think about this: if you focus on cash flow, you won't impact um, the customer experience or the development of your employees. If you focus on the customer experience, you could go broke, and you won't necessarily um, make your employees happy. But if you prioritize and spend the majority of your time in 2019 
on the coaching and development of your employees. You'll not only develop them, you will drive cash flow and you will positively impact the customer experience. It is the highest and best use of a leader's time. That is a great concept to wrap up with. So, Meredith, I cannot say thank you enough. How do people get a hold of you if they want you to do a keynote speech for them? How do they get a hold of you and, and to do that for a keynote speech to, and to help uh, to share this kind of knowledge with their teams? Um, they can reach me at my website, which is valuespeaker.com, the words value and speaker.com. Okay. There are all my social media sites there, all my contact information, and I would love to hear from people, so please connect with me. That would be terrific. Well, Meredith, I cannot say thank you enough. You instilled just a tremendous number of powerful ideas on how managers can improve their organization and drive them towards not just cash flow, but truly making a difference in people's lives. So I cannot say thank you enough today for joining us on Coaching for Potential. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.